Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Dilly ding, dilly dong, Mourinho has gone. Yes, if it's OTC React, you know it must be an emergency. It's Tuesday, 16th of January. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Nikki Bandini. Yes, we were woken from our respective slumbers this morning, Nikki and I, with the news that Jose Mourinho has been fired from AS Roma after a couple of poor results and really poor performances in a couple of big away games in the Coppa at Lazio, the Coppa quarterfinal uh, last week at Lazio, which was uh, maybe the straw that broke the camel's back. We'll come back to that as we uh, spoke about on Ask OTC last week and the pretty one performance in a very, very predictable defeat at Milan on Sunday night. Now, Nicky, I'm not meaning to call you clairvoyant, but (laughs) twice in the last week, both in Ask OTC, when you said that it was heading in a a, a certain direction and that maybe the owners were turning, never mind the fans, but the owners were certainly turning and the the, the Freakins have reacted strongly here. And in your Guardian column uh, yesterday, Monday, um, where you said that an end of an era was on the way, I mean, you didn't expect it quite this quickly, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't expect it quite this quickly. Otherwise, I might not have written everything in my piece of the Guardian on Monday, um, only to then have to try and come up with something new to say for the piece I've just written for <laughs> today. Um, it's. Um, I, I think my expectation was just that they might sail on a bit longer, get towards the end of the season, because because you can't do anything particularly meaningful in mid-season. And, and I'm certain we're going to get onto it and talk about Didossi and that appointment. Um, but I, I think that looking at the situation, 
it doesn't feel like one where you can very easily salvage it and get into the top four, which is the one thing that really Roma should be driving towards. The, and and indeed is one of the biggest reasons that this happens uh, in the end. There's, there's so many threads to get into, but the, the single most important one is when, when Dan Friedkin takes his private jet and flies to go and get Jose Mourinho from Portugal in 2021, he's doing it because in part he thinks that that's the most certain way of getting his team back into the Champions League. And Roma need to be in the Champions League because that's where they get the revenues. And it's really boring, but it's true. Um, for a lot of European clubs, those revenues make such a big difference. Roma were, um, well, in 2020, the year before, they turned a, a loss of more than 200 million euros in their accounts. They've got that down now to 100 million euros in the most recent accounts, but they're losing money constantly. And and certainly the idea of hiring Jose was to, to, to try to get the success on the pitch that would allow them to, to bridge some of that gap. Instead, Jose in three seasons finished sixth, sixth and now currently is ninth at the point where he gets fired. And that is the single biggest reason why this felt like writing on the wall. But as we talked about on the, the, the Q&A uh, podcast, there is all sorts more that goes into it. There is the fact that he's lost four out of six derbies. There is the fact that he has had these never-ending issues with officials and that I think maybe over time a sense from the club's ownership that just is it worth dealing with it. There has been this sort of increasingly public, I think, willingness to vent, not to vent, but to, to turn the frustrations, any frustrations that might be about the results on the pitch towards the ownership, frankly. He was saying, well, you know, what can you expect? You can't possibly expect me to get into the Champions League. Here I am with a a, a team that has not spent any money in the last two summer transfer winners, which is true. Um, Roma, um, Roma really haven't spent in the last two years in the transfer window. They've brought in 60, 70 million euros in both the last two years while spending less than 10. However, go back to Mourinho's first year in charge and they had a net spend of more than 100 million euros, so sort of offsets. And as we talked about, they continue to have the third biggest wage bill in the league. So he, he does this thing and I know lots of long-term followers of Mourinho will um, be plenty aware of his ability to to spin a narrative to to suit his um, his version of things. But he, he does this. He's been doing this thing a lot recently, where he cries poor. And I think again, all of this adds up to for the owners. Why are we persisting with this when it's not getting us where we want to go? And now he's bringing us more and more grief away from the pitch as well. I mean, we tend to look at Mourinho these days, don't we, Nikki, and think of the law of diminishing returns. But what has been clear in his time at Roma is that the charisma is absolutely untouched. I mean, there are, what, 44 <laughs> successive home games that they've sold out the Stadio Olimpico, which is a really difficult stadium to sell out. Better Roma teams mm. than this one, much better Roma teams than this one have, have, have not sold out this this stadium. So tell us a bit about how Mourinho created that magic and I guess how some of those fans might find it quite difficult to separate themselves from him with that having been the case because he created a very particular feeling there which I mean you could argue it was the devil's greatest trick because a lot of the football was absolutely terrible and you know you don't sign you can talk about not spending money in terms of transfer fees but you don't sign a front two of Paolo Dybala and Romelu Lukaku arguably just to finish fourth which they are not particularly near at the moment yeah so I, I think there's um uh there's uh 
bits and bits to go into. First of all, this is such a uh, uh, a small point, but I, I've seen different statistics on the consecutive sold out games. It's definitely over 40 games sold out in total. I think it's 36 consecutive. And then there's some discrepancy on the counting about whether or not you got to, to the 44 consecutive. It doesn't matter. The point is that he's sold out very, very consistently in that stadium and it is hugely to do with him. And it doesn't matter how many times I try and talk through the reasons. I, I always get people coming back at me going, no but, no, but why? I mean, look at the football. Why? It doesn't make sense. And I I have to go back to the things I've, I've said before. Rome is a particular football city. Um, I think this is true of both Roma and Lazio. You have a real sort of in a way that might surprise people when you're talking about the capital of Italy, but you have this real embedded culture of um, feeling like underdogs, feeling like you're constantly fighting against, feel like you're, the fans feel like this, feel like they're constantly kept fighting against uh, this political powerhouse in the north with clubs like Milan and Inter and Juventus who always win everything, who have greater sway in the decisions that have been taken about the direction of Italian football over time. And that manifests in the fact that Roma really haven't won that many trophies in the grand scheme of things for a club of their size. Um, and so having someone who comes in and embraces that right away, who uh, kind of goes straight for, yes, they are all against us, but now I'm on your side and I will be your champion. And hey, I've won 10 more trophies in my career than your club has won in a hundred years, near enough. So let me take care of this. And if you stand for me, I'll stand for you. That mindset is so baked into everything. When you want to understand how the relationship between Mourinho and the Roma fans developed, you have to start there because that's that's the building block. And then you come in with that promise. You come in with that idea of, listen, you haven't been winners, but I am a winner and I'm going to make you guys get what you deserve. And in year one, you win a European trophy, a club that I know I know some people will never get this because people are going to look at the Europa Conference League and go, it's the Europa Conference League. But Roma had won the 1961 Intercity Fairs Cup. That's it. So right away delivers on, I'm going to do this for you. And right away will stand up and, and front up and, and say the things that are, I guess, a bit populist, the things that um, the fans would say no one, no one's allowed to say publicly having a, a go at the officials having a go at the, the power structures and saying I, I'm i here speaking up against it all of that stuff is tapping into something I think in the, the Roma fan psyche that that really meant it went beyond just um, results on the pitch but the results on the pitch of course matter as do the results in the transfer window signing Dybala and Lukaku two Serie A MVPs who are players he perhaps you think wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for him. And the one that I think is almost feels a bit intangible because they didn't win it is they did then go to the Europa League final as well. And mm. they come a penalty shootout away from winning it. And there's this divergence of the narrative between what actually happened and what happened in the minds of Roma supporters because the whole thing with Anthony Taylor, the whole um, effing disgrace in the parking lot, that stems from a perceived injustice from Roma's side where they could have had a penalty for a handball in about the 80th minute of the game. And so for a lot of Roma fans, it almost has become this embedded narrative that, well, we more or less did win the Europa League. You know, we did everything we were supposed to and then the referees took it away from us. And Mourinho was honest enough to stand up there and say it. And as Mourinho has told it since, because he was very unapologetic about that, despite all the 
the the media coverage, the negative media coverage he got. The story that he eventually told in a big interview with Corriere della Sport in, in the summer was actually I felt incredibly let down by the club because I was being blamed for a fan throwing a chair at Anthony Taylor in the airport. I didn't throw the chair at him. Why am I being blamed for that? The club should have stood up for me and said, that's not Jose's fault. And the club mm. should have stood up for me and said, um, we should have had a penalty. We should have had a chance to win this game. So all of that sits together. All of that sits mm. together. Jose has taken them to these European highs. He was denied the the greatest of those successes by the power, by the man, if you want to, the, the, the enemy, mm. which is classic populism. It, it is populism. It, of course, I don't want to, at a time when global politics are, are very serious and very grim, I, I don't want to sort of put it on a parallel with politics, but it's the same sort of dynamic. It really is you and me against the world. Um, and I think that Jose's always been good at those stories. He did win something in his first season, which again, leave aside the European part, Roma hadn't won any trophies for 14 years. And he's won a lot in his career. And I think that enough people were willing to buy into that mythology as well. So it's it's layered. I agree with you that the football was often dreadful. I think it's amazing to me, actually, some of the things that he was given a pass on because the derby is always a derby. And I'm surprised mm. he's got away with being as unsuccessful in the derby as he has without suffering a greater loss in support. Um, but there are reasons why the Roma fans love him. I, I guess what we're saying about how he connects with Roma and how he sort of the pugnacious side of Mourinho leans into what Roma and Roma's fans see themselves as. I mean, you know, the experience of going to the Olimpico, you walk down the Viale di, di Gladiatori and it's all about combat, isn't it? It's all yes. about getting in the arena. You know, that is what Roma is about because as you say, they don't have a particularly successful um, history in terms of, of trophies, for example. That's such a great point, Andy. And I think that actually it cuts to another thing which you might look at and think this is one of those moments that could have been uh, uh, perceived as evidence of things going wrong for him at Roma that could have had people turning on him. But think to that 6-1 defeat to Bodo Glimt and mm. the embarrassment of it. And Jose comes out afterwards and basically throws like half his squad under the bus. There's only 12 <laughs> players here good enough to wear the shirt type of thing. Mm. And again, I think in other contexts at other clubs, that might have been a, a lose the fans moment. Fans have looked at me and gone, that's your job. Get everyone working harder. But I mm. think that point you just made is so absolutely on the money. I think when you look at Roman sporting culture, when you spend time with fans, the references to gladiators and to, to ancient Rome come up constantly. Mm. And that desire to see your team fighting as hard as you're, you want them to fight, as hard as you think you're fighting as a fan. And I think that actually that was how that was received and how that messaging was received in general in Rome. Mourinho's attitude of if you don't work hard enough for the team, you're out. They loved that. They they loved mm. that in Rome. And I think that is actually another really important element to this. I think that's such an interesting thing, isn't it? The fact that, you know, when you look from the outside and you think the football is is aesthetically terrible, it's a little bit like, you know, not understanding Simeone and Atletico Madrid. The mm. attritional element of it is really important. That's what gets the fans on side. There's more than one way of enjoying and appreciating football. I think that's that's worth considering. But what to me is 
interesting in recent months, particularly um, when we're talking about Roma falling off the pace. Now, I guess it's not totally unsalvageable because it is very tight. The, the, the race for fourth at the, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the fact that there is such a gulf between that adrenaline rush that they provide at home. And sometimes you might say, okay, it's because they make heavy weather of beating teams like Lecce, for example. And, you know, they make that a thrill when it should be, you know, pretty much a stroll in the park, given their resources compared to, to, to some of those clubs. But the difference between the home performances and the away performances. And I guess that showed most in the Copper Quarter final that we were talking about. A game in which, you know, they're playing in their own stadium, albeit that their fans are in the away stand for, for, for this occasion. And there's no effort to win the game, really, is there? And, you know, I think the Milan game is predictable. You go back to the Inter game earlier in the season. You know, there's no effort to be on the front foot. And it's always like that when they're away from home against the best sides. And when we're talking about leaning into that gladiatorial element of of Rome and Roma, there's none of that in the away games. And that ultimately is surely the bit where the Friedkins have said, right, we've had enough. And the bit also where some of those fans have moved away from unconditional support to Mourinho because you talked Mm -hmm. about losing in the derbies losing in the derby is one thing turning up and thinking right should we just play it to you know maybe catch a lucky break here and there just defend all the way and you know once you go one nil down there's no real way of getting back into it I mean that that is a problem isn't it yeah so I have a stat here which I I've been meaning to check so I'm, I'm sorry if it's not quite right it's, it's definitely close to right I, I just wanted to go and, and run it again but my, the stat I have is actually talking about the big games at, at, at Roma and the one I have is that they've mm. won four out of 29 games against top six teams I mean that is extraordinary yeah. when you when you look at that and I think that yeah. if you wanted to to to, to flick because I've, I've done a lot of the why Roma fans support him so far but there, there are plenty of reasons to be critical uh, the derby performances certainly and I, and I think you're right have finally pulled a few a few um I guess stones out of his support base although still definitely not the majority the majority of fans very much were with him even at the end yeah um but but I think the results in in big games are, are objectively really poor uh for a club that has got the third highest wage bill in the league I think his results in Serie A in general there's no two ways of 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 telling it that they're poor results. You think that before him was Paolo Fonseca, who finished fifth and seventh in Serie A. Mourinho got sixth and sixth. The second sixth was only because Juventus had a 10 point points penalty. So it could have been sixth and seventh. Hmm. And now leaving them in ninth, Opta had the numbers out of managers who've had more than 50 games with Roma since Serie A went to three points for a win. He has the worst average points return, the actual worst, wow. 1.61, I think it is. So his performance in the league is is just flat bad in my opinion and i think that the, the the excuses that were made for it this constant reference to well what do you expect we can't spend anything in the transfer window just doesn't hold up when you look at the wage spend and also the fact that in fact Thiago pinto without spending things in the wage uh, in the on transfer fees did sign big players he did sign uh Dybala, he did sign lukaku and for certain, Roma have had bad luck with injuries. When you look at the fact they've got Abraham, Dybala and Lukaku on the books, and you think, well, Abraham has been out all season with a cruciate ligament injury. Dybala misses games. Yes, that's part of the picture. But also, you knew that when you signed these players. So exactly. I, 
I, uh, I, I think, um, I think it is a complicated fixture because I, I think that the people who refuse to acknowledge why Roma fans might adore him are missing something. And I also think the people who support him without taking into account that his his league performances really haven't been good. Uh, I find that very frustrating as well because because they haven't. And it's not a media conspiracy against him when you look at the fact that the last two league winners, Napoli and Milan, have both had lower wage bills than Roma. So it's it's not some idea that, that, that you can't have achieved more than he has with what he has. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, look, they've already got a replacement. Um, they've confirmed the appointment of Daniele De Rossi. Um, you've been sending in your questions, and Connor has sent one here. Is Daniele De Rossi just a stopgap for Roma, or are they thinking long-term? Now, he's got the job till the end of the season, of course. Only one full-time head coach position before at Spal, um, who have had their challenges over the last couple of years, but it didn't go particularly well for him. He got one of his old Roma mates on board at once stage didn't he He signed a Rajana Ingolan um, Mm. before he went off to 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 play elsewhere I mean I suppose there could be a deal of trepidation for this is this another emotional appointment rather than one with the head Nicky and I suppose though if we were spinning it in a positive way we could say that for example when Rino Gattuso took over a, a, a Milan where he, he did an okay job in, in difficult circumstances, in financially difficult circumstances. You know, he'd done very uh, moderate jobs at best in in um, uh, Greece and Switzerland. Yeah, I, I, I'm afraid I have a comparison in my mind, which is a stolen comparison from um, uh, Patrick Kendrick. I, we record a, a, a Serie-specific podcast together with, with Mina Rizukin. Patrick made this comparison with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Manchester United. And I I, I really like that comparison in terms of what the club I think is hoping for. The club is hoping for uh, a feel-good boost of bringing in someone who is loved by the fans. You're talking about mm. a former club captain who's got more than 600 games for the club who, yes, spent a lot of time as sort of uh, the, the vice captain, Er Capitan Futuro, as he always was behind Francesco Totti, but had his moment as well leading the club. Um, and, and who comes in able to say in his statement as he has uh you know how much I love the club it's it's an easy sell at a time when a lot of people would not be an easy sell because of the love for Mourinho um and I think you're hoping for the feel-good lift and to get you to the end of the season and uh, like Patrick I think that 
probably whatever happens, even if it does go well, Roma might want to avoid falling into any traps of, oh, we can ride this feel-good wave and, and take it further. Because De Rossi has very limited experience as a manager. Um, he's got, as you said, 17 games at Spada, which they won three. Before that, he'd done some work as assistant to uh, to Roberto Mancini with the national team and a little bit of work for the national team youth teams. But I, I think he's he's there's a logic to him beyond just the the immediacy of here's a, a former club legend who's available. His his father has been working with um Roma's youth teams for two decades. Um and and I think that at a time when there is this ongoing financial situation, huge losses on the club's accounts, when they are trying to come in line with financial fair play requirements, the future of this club, assuming they miss out on the Champions League again, which does look like the most likely outcome. Um, the future of this club is going to revolve calling more and more on, on the academy. Now, worth mentioning here, by the way, Jose Mourinho has, in fact, used a lot of players from the academy over the last two and a half years. It's a mm. thing that I think you can give him some credit for, even if some of those players have been flipped quickly for generating a bit of cash rather than kept and developed. Um, but I think that you can see some logic into that connection of bringing in De Rossi, who of course will have been speaking to his dad all this time, will understand what's what in the youth teams and 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 what might be more resources you can tap into. Do I think it's a long-term answer? No, I, I think that in the summer you, you'll see something different. But as we've talked about over and over again, I think on, on the show, Serie A, like other leagues in Europe, has this rule that you can't hire from another club during the season. So mm. if you were trying to find your long-term replacement right now, you're really tying your own hands um, on top of which, actually, the, the other thing which I, I think is worth bringing in, the general manager, Tiago Pinto, is staying until the end of Feb- into, staying into February and then he's leaving the club. I, I imagine what the owners want to do is clean slate, get the new general mm. manager in and let them pick the new manager because it's going to be two people who have to work together in the future. Yeah, yeah um, I guess we know what Roma are, are looking to do do from here and even if it is theoretically possible to get in the Champions League it, it does look like a, a steep climb I mean I'm, I'm pretty sure that would get De Rossi the job if he uh, managed that but we'll, we'll see what happens for the rest of the season still in the Europa League of course so the final question Nicky I suppose remains what will happen to Jose Mourinho next I mean we know what an emotional connection he had with the club and I'm sure some will see the scenes of him leaving Trigoria visibly upset and thinking, oh, crocodile tears. But, you know, there was a genuine emotional attachment yeah. between I, I don't M- think Mourinho everything's fake with Mourinho. Lots no, is, but I don't I think everything is. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And I, I think he, it's genuinely hurt him uh, mm. to, to lose this job at this time. Of course, he'd been kind of canvassing for a, a new contract in, in, in recent weeks as, as, as well. Um, so we've got a question to finish from uh, Nandu, which says, what clubs will be interested in Mourinho now? Well, I think top bracket Europe has, has kind of gone. Um, Tarek sent me a, a, a reply to something I wrote earlier on X saying um, Jose for OL, which uh, seems like exactly the sort of vainglorious folly that they would go for. So uh, thanks, Tarek. I'm not sure I'll sleep <laughs> brilliantly tonight, but, 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 but let's see. Um, oh, I sort of love that because wouldn't that be fun having... In- I feel like as uh, his 
his identity fits so well for being a spoiler and being the the Ooh. resistance to Paris Saint Germain at this point <laughs> could be could be fascinating. But um, but I, I think I'm not it's sure funny see it happening. When, when when you look at um, where he is now, I mean. I think I think for me Saudi is the obvious move yeah. next because he'll be received with warmth and enthusiasm there. He'll earn an absolute shed load of money and he can stay there until his next move, until people forget about how it ended at Roma, just like um, people needed to forget how it ended at Tottenham or Manchester United or, or, or whatever. Um, of course, Roberto Martinez is doing a brilliant job with Portugal, so that's kind of shut down for the moment as well. It felt like if you'd have asked 10 years ago, maybe this would have been the sort of age that Mourinho would have um, lurched towards the national team. But Nicky, just to end, I, I just think when you look at Mourinho's future in Europe, assuming he wants to continue in Europe at some stage, either immediately or after a, a little sojourn in, in, in Saudi, I think the issue is... I really think that Europa League final damaged him big time because I think you could look at a distance with just a passing interest in Roma and think, oh, he's doing well in Europe. He's filling up the stadium. But actually, all the things that the world saw in the final, so him and his coaching staff getting after the referees, the players taking it in turn to surround Anthony Taylor and his officials in really a quiet, studied, premeditated way. And everyone complaining afterwards that it was a disgrace for football. Whereas actually, if you watch Roma, it's kind of what they do every week yeah. under, uh, under Mourinho. So I wonder if people wanted to believe that he'd change his spots. But at that moment, a lot of people looked at it from afar, like maybe a PSG, for example, and thought, yeah, not for us. There's, there's, there's too much baggage. Yeah, it's, it's such fine margins, isn't it? Because even with everything you just said, Andy, which I agree with, and I think you're absolutely right, if people watch Roma regularly, they'll know this is nothing new. In fact, um, these things are really hard to, to to find reliable stats for. But Paolo Zidiani, an Italian journalist, was was writing that he'd counted up that uh, Roma had had 29 red cards shown to the bench since Mourinho arrived, which is pretty extraordinary <laughs> in, in, in two years and a half. That's not all for Mourinho, but his staff and and, and others on, on the, the technical area. Um, uh, having said all that, I, I still believe that if Roma win that game, the whole story is completely different. The whole story is then Jose goes to Roma. He wins two European trophies in two years. He takes them back to the Champions League. And not only that, but because of the nature of who they're up against in the final, he breaks the invincibility of Sevilla in the Europa League, right? He's the, the, the first person mm. to do it. And of course, uh, none of those things happened because he didn't win. But it is a penalty shootout. And I think it's 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 really, for me, one of those fascinating sliding door stories. And I do think that because he didn't win, because probably also if he wins, you probably never see that instant with Anthony Taylor in the in the uh, car park, which I think yeah. certainly also has impacted how it's all perceived. But because he doesn't win and because things go as they do afterwards, he has damaged his brand. I, I find it hard to say whether or not he's damaged it enough to put everyone off. I think you're absolutely right that Saudi is a logical next step. He said even in the last year that uh, he will coach in Saudi at some point. Well, if you genuinely think that, then then this seems like an opportune moment to do it. But I have to admit, I'm not sold that Jose really wants to be in Saudi. I think mm. that he still has that burning 
want to prove himself in the places where he thinks it matters. I think he still has that competitiveness in him. And I, I don't know that I can see him getting the satisfaction he's hoping for there. I could be wrong. I could be way off base. And certainly you're right that the money will be great and he will get everything he wants in terms of uh, attention, I think, over there. But I, and I think it would be great for the Saudi league, frankly, which despite all of its big spending, I'm not sure how much of the international media is generated compared to what we might have thought at the start. I think Mourinho being somewhere is always good for for that. Um, but I, yeah, I just don't know. I just don't know that there isn't another Premier League club out there that will look at his profile and pull the trigger. I'm, I'm not certain that, that he's completely exhausted everything yet. What do we always say? What's uh, good for the football ramble is not necessarily what's <laughs> good for your club. Uh, thanks for joining me, Nikki, And thanks, everyone, for listening to today's episode of OTC Reacts. I will be back, as usual, on Thursday for our regular episode of OTC, where we'll be joined by Dotton and David Cartledge. Remember to subscribe in your podcast app so you never miss an episode. On the Continent is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.